4: We didn't come here to help the dwarves, but to stop them. I
1: guess we'll have to be more strategic going forward. It is time for some breakfast. You look like you could use a little bit of
4: bandaging.
5: I'll be okay.
1: Gotcha. L- l- where, I- where is everybody?
5: The gold that you took from my friend.
4: I think
0: we're done.
1: Play. That's something the Nightstone Four should be doing. All I am saying is funding, defending the
0: North. <sighs> oh, what's that thing called when there's music playing in the background and it's just the montage? Music Thank you. <laughs>
4: Hello all and welcome back to Dice Shame. This is episode 72, No Mean Feet.
5: MVP this week is Mr. McCashin for their lovely review. Thank you so much.
4: Like popcorn? Who doesn't? Here's the perfect recipe. Start with a large pot and set it to medium-high heat. Melt three tablespoons of ghee and a half teaspoon of flavor call seasoning. Then add one cup of popcorn kernels. Throw on the lid and wait to hear the pops. Make sure you move the pot around so the kernels don't burn. Once they're done, salt with a hearty pinch and enjoy.
5: You're welcome.
4: All right, shall we do this?
5: Yeah, let's do it. We just finished rewatching the extended edition of Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, wow, a
4: so a I thought I do movie.
5: That. That's right. Oh, what's that? Do I hear a hobbit?
4: What a great theme! Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you mean halfling?
5: Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry.
4: Which also, I mean, there's got to be a, a time where that's just they can't enforce that anymore, and then they're going to go back and like change all the D and D books
5: from the writing of the books, right? From the
4: death. That's the second age. <laughs>
5: The age of man
4: will end by then. I mean, didn't the great Gatsby
5: Um, just become
1: fair use or whatever?
2: You could
4: could steal something
5: from there.
2: Uh, Public domain. Yeah,
4: now D&D class wizards can be called Gats. Famously.
5: Everyone's been waiting for the day. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite member of the Fellowship? Right? Hmm. Harlan and I know who Henry's favorite member of the fellowship Gandalf!
0: is. Gandalf! He yeah. loves
4: Gandalf He keeps so dressing much. up and who slamming though? his little stick down and saying, You, you shall, shall not, not pass. pass. <laughs> but yeah. he can't say it right. He's like, You shouldn't pass. You can't <laughs> pass. Go, go anywhere. Probably turn around, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I mean, Legolas, right? I mean, he's fucking... Awesome.
5: He was definitely my favorite when I was... Like, the first time I watched him, I was but like, I, oh, he's so cool.
4: But you know what? I think in context of the movies, it might be Gimli. I think Gimli is so mm. perfect in terms of his character. You know, he's this guy who's like, just fucking destroy the ring and then <laughs> you know, blows up his axe, and by the end he's like
5: I love when he's afraid of the ghosts when they, they go into the like hall of the dead <laughs> yeah. yeah. or whatever in the third movie. <laughs>
4: he's like <laughs> blowing them away. <laughs> the I don't know, but some but he also has like the most quips, you know? He's also yeah. like that ends negotiations and shit like that.
5: It, it's
1: Aragorn though.
4: That's the Aragorn? He, that's yeah, yeah, it's, it's bad us. Yeah. yeah. Is that he's for you? Us. Ah. Why?
5: Because he's so sexy. I mean <laughs>
4: Alex, why and why Jeff or yeah. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff? Who's Jeff?
0: Jeff. <laughs> 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 Frock, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff. I want. I, I want to say I can.
4: I combine Jack and Rob, but that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Who are you playing d with? This
1: Yo, time? Jeff.
4: <laughs>
1: Wait, your name's Rolf? New member Jeff's, of Shame, <laughs> Jeff. Jeff's the
2: sound guy bar, always behind the scenes oh, balancing. My face hurts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think, That's Jeff?
4: Good. Oh,
2: yeah, Jeff's nodding. Jeff, Jeff agrees. The, <laughs>
4: Jeff really likes Aragorn. He's nodding. Th- he's yeah. giving us a thumbs up. Okay, he's, he wants you to continue, Rob. Mm.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I, I like his arc. I like that destiny. The, like, you you have to go get this sword reforged. You're the one who's supposed to be king, but you're also, you know, in, in this bar leading these halflings around trying to like like this the gritty reality and then elevating mm. to, to I think that's the the coolest arc mm.
5: trying to escape his destiny at first you know
0: yeah Alex why you similar and and just like the fact that he is so I'm looking at a picture of Vigo Mortens, Mortensen right Mortensen. now what? Oh, Vigo what? Vigo Mortensen Jeff what? Mortensen?
5: <laughs> I'm looking at a picture um, Jeff
0: he is the born king there's like yeah. like Rob was saying there's that character arc but he's also such a badass, and he's so humble about it, too. Yeah, he is very humble.
5: I love it. When he calms down humble. the horse. He's just like, good, Briggle.
0: good to the good to yeah. the deepest so good. good.
4: Yeah, and like all of the characters he interacts with, he's like super chill with, too. Yeah. You know, whether it be like somebody who's in love with him, he's like, I'm sorry, but I cannot share that feeling. You know, he's not like, Pff, yeah, you like yeah. me. Of course it's yeah.
0: yeah. like honorable,
2: eh? I, I have to say that after watching the extended editions, it does... Change my perception of Boromir. I don't know I if he's gonna my say, yeah, yeah, Boromir's Boromir's, is, Boromir's arc with with the extended edition makes so much more sense. Yeah, uh, and he is so being like, the
5: golden boy. Zero and
2: Gondor.
4: All the
5: pressure from his daddy.
4: Stupid dad says you don't do get any thing. of
2: that in the in the yeah. theatrical versions. Mm-hmm. It's just no, like don't. here's a jerk who tries to steal the ring. Yeah, it all makes sense in uh, Two Towers extended. So uh, yeah, I yeah. would say he he was bumped up.
0: Quite a bit Something I gotta watch actually What about you Joe?
5: My favorite I Like I said I started out liking Legolas A because Orlando Bloom Of course Was it for me When I was a teenager But then obviously <laughs> You know You kind of grow out of it And the rewatch I was a little bit disappointed In Legolas Because he just says so little He's yeah, kind of he He's very Unidimensional yeah. He
4: only speaks one line To Frodo In the entire <laughs> trilogy You have he's my like, Yeah That's it Yeah, Really?
5: So I don't know, I think it's it's probably Aragorn for me. I'm gonna jump on the Aragorn bandwagon.
4: But it, to the credit of Legolas, I think elves especially in that dimension are sort of portrayed as more mm. dull because they're like sort of like even the most interesting character, like Elrond, who like fights, you know, a lot of his stuff is very woody and like, mm-hmm. here's the history you need to know about this. I think elves are meant to be like that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't they're, think it's, yeah. they're well,
5: beyond human comprehension. That's they're what I mean. Ethereal. ethereal. Exactly. Like,
0: when you're immortal, yeah, th- something that we might do in our lifetime that defines us, like they've done that. They've kind of done all. Exactly. They had time so many through. lifetimes of the exactly. Like their mundane lives are like heroism. Yeah. <laughs> They're beyond. They're just so purely themselves.
4: But I think what this really does say, besides the fact that, you know, four of you picked Aragorn, genuinely, (laughs) I think. If someone was like, Love Oh, Gandalf is my favorite, or Sam is my favorite, or like literally, I think you could pick any person. Pippin. And I Harry. would totally be like, Oh, I get it. That's awesome. And I think that yep. just speaks to the power of the ring. I mean Tom right Bombadil, am I right? Yeah, no. Tom Bombado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: Gandalf's up there too, man. Gandalf's Gandalf. awesome. Fantastic.
0: Yep.
4: He
5: is fucking friends with the King of Horses. Come on.
4: Lord of the Rings is on. You know what? Fuck it. Let's stop playing Dice Shame. Let's just put on the Lord of the Rings extended edition. (laughs) Well,
5: the reason that I brought it up, not just because it's so recent and it's in my head right now and I'm thinking a lot about Lord of the Rings in context of like fantasy and writing and all that stuff, but like... It's such a great example of an adventuring party. Oh yeah. How everyone's going through their own thing but they're banding together for a common cause, but maybe there's a betrayer in their midst and it's just like Jack. It, Jack. No, it's it's so great epic off. and it's so well done. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like the
1: trope defining like piece oh, of yeah. media for adventuring parties and that kind of thing. Even Fantasy. even if you go like to Basically the Hobbit where they've got dragons. like an adventuring charter and we were going to have a Paper that outlines this company and how this adventure goes yeah, down, and right? A
5: contract.
4: Like the- However, it is not in any way a representation of playing D anD. d Because my God, if you had to run nine separate PCs, yeah, like, could you imagine? Okay, hold on, hold on, let's just stop. Uh, okay, Boromir, what do you want to do with the? Well, ring? that's why they split okay, the Frodo, party. Frodo, Frodo, and... roll a Constitution saving throw. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. Gandalf, what do you what? cast? Okay, hold on, no, no, that, that's not a spell. Okay, no. well, Legolas, what do you do? Oh, you're just standing spell. there. Okay, Gimli, what do you, what do you say to get? <laughs>
1: Some of them are like four hit point commoners. Who gives a shit? Frodo, go stand over there. We're,
5: well, you we're, know the person they kill that. some people. The person in the first movie, the person who is running uh, Mary and Pippin is just the same person. And they yeah. just had two That's halflings. That's true.
4: They were playing two halflings. And They're like, all oh, right, Mary. Oh, Pip. Yeah, Mary. Oh, Pip. The salted pork is particularly good. I love that one. <laughs> all
5: right, should we play some DD? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, Woo. Let's play some D&D. Bon, bon. The slain bodies of orcs and giants litter the town of Jalanthar, brought down by the Nightstone Four and the Knights of the Mithril Shield. Heck yeah. <laughs> Captain Nurgle Chaos Hammer is badly wounded. Bleeding from somewhere under his breastplate Blood coursing in a slow stream down his leg And leaving dark half-footprints on the ground He grabs a rough handful of his beard And uses it to wipe down his weapon Turning to you, Doran, with a pained grimace
0: Dwarves are so gross
5: You fight well, Doran Ironfist You and your men uh, You work well
0: And you, Chaos Hammer You look like you could use a little bit of bandaging
5: I'll be okay Dwarves are hardy folk, and he kind of claps a hand to his side, staunching the bleeding somewhat. Of course.
0: Kraloth is
2: awkwardly behind Doran with some bandages, like, oh, just, just let me, just want to.
5: <laughs> <laughs> They've never come at us with forces like that before.
4: Well, wasn't that the plan, though, to bring them all? Red jogs down from, like, the top of the building and catches up. Yeah, You wanted them to be here.
5: Yes, yes, we did. It all went according to plan.
4: Yeah, other than that wall that Jack built
5: <laughs> turns out they were coming from not the
1: riverside i should have if i'd have been thinking
4: a little more
5: you should have put it on the other side of the building
1: yeah if only someone hadn't told me where to put it
5: it's it's too bad really
1: yeah i guess i guess we'll have to be more strategic yeah. going you forward. you wasted a
5: lot of time building that wall honestly it didn't take very anyway
4: long. uh <laughs> did any of your men fall chaos hammer
5: no no and if you weren't here to fight alongside us maybe it wouldn't have been the same outcome these giants are pure evil. If we don't stop them, they'll tear all of Farron apart.
0: I think this is sort of what I was trying to say earlier. If we could gather ourselves and have a conversation about this, I think working together we can, we can make a change here.
5: He claps a hand around your shoulders, Doran.
0: Let's bandage those wounds and let's get some, some food and some drink in us.
5: Yeah! Yeah!
0: Here, here and and he raises his axe high into the air looking around at all the uh, dwarves.
5: Victory! Hey Greylof, let's go
0: check the bodies.
5: Do mm. <laughs> you want to do some looting? Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely.
2: Uh,
5: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all of the giants have a couple of things on them if you wanted to do some looting. As you go about um, from body to body, the bloodstained dwarves are sort of swarming right along with you. So they're taking more grizzly trophies as you watch these are Doran's mm. folk right he's not the first dwarf to behead a corpse <laughs> <Right>. and kick <laughs> it around absolutely
1: uh, true far, far, as they're far, 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 busy 50. butchering the evidence mm-hmm. is there are there i'd love to see if there's any clues about where these things are from
5: unfortunately jack it's getting too dark for you to be able to get any real information and the evidence as you would call it is being steadily marred by Bloodthirsty dwarves, as they hack mm-hmm. pieces from the body to satisfy their morbid, victorious spirit. Ooh. And when they
0: hack the bodies, I kind of turn towards Krayloth. There's certainly no coming back from that death. <laughs> <sighs>
2: Well, you'd be surprised.
5: So between Jack, who's interested in looking over these bodies, and Red and Kraloth, who are obviously trying to pillage what they can, you find a couple of interesting items on these giants. Mm. Um, Jack, you find a mangy fur pelt, probably carved from the body of an elk long ago and ill-cared for. You also find a bag of salt Mm. that one of these giants had been carrying Red Crayloth, you find a curious piece of taxidermy, hmm. a bear that had been roughly stitched back together around a, a barrel of sawdust, maybe. It's hard to tell without performing your own dissection, but could this be some kind of toy?
1: Hmm. Cute.
4: Weird.
5: You also find a giant-sized kettle made of cast iron, something that would be impossible for you to lift.
4: Cool. Hmm. Wow. Who goes to war with a kettle? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Red says angrily to Kraloth as he kicks yeah, the you never know. heavy cast iron thing. Tea time! Yeah. Well, let's make tea for every single dwarf
0: here. <laughs> and speaking of boiling water, the dwarves and, and myself kind of start to drag the corpses into a centralized location as, you know, it's lit on fire and uh, Mm. the the bodies of our fallen enemy are burned.
5: Absolutely. Ale is poured. Tankards Mm. are passed around. This turns into a celebration of your victory. Groups of dwarves gather around in this bonfire light and recount the battle blow by blow, using each other as props and stand-ins for the enemies, explaining to their comrades who weren't necessarily present right there exactly the kinds of victories that they achieved over their enemies. It was then that the orcs rounded the corner after us, the bigger one with the chains, howling for our blood. But I spatted him, planted my boots in the dirt, and swung. Old Slammer here, once, uh. got him in the arm, but then he, he picked up his filthy sword and kept coming, snarling, stinking. And then twice, Aah! I hacked halfway through his shoulder, that put him down. And darlin', Nat Gray here, polished him off, didn't ya, Natty? They're like sharing these war stories with each other. And one of them turns to you, Dorn, and says, what kind of blood did you spill this night? Oh,
0: ha, huh. you should have seen me take off the toe of that giant over there.
5: Just the legs sticking out of the bonfire with no toe.
0: As we look around there, you, you see some of the dwarves wringing out the blood from their beards and putting handprints on each other, bloody handprints of the fallen enemy. It's sort of like another symbolic thing. And I turn to the dwarf that's standing next to me and I put my bloody hand on his chest. hmm And Red seeing this, like dives in and
4: he's like, Yeah, and he does it as well. And he puts one on him and one on him, like, but like a child's yeah. hand painting yeah, where they yeah, like yeah. follow up his body. Then he turns to Jack and puts like a hand on him. Oh. <laughs> and just
0: leaves it there and sees Jack's expression. Mm. <laughs> and then slowly pulls his <laughs> hand back. This was one hell of a battle. By far not the scariest though. I mean What do you mean? Well in front of the fire is light. Doran jumps into this. And you've heard of Stunted Danlin's Peak, no?
5: No. What do you mean? Tell us.
4: Red hears Doran talking loudly and walks over and just sort of sits down by the fire to watch him tell this tale. Way back in the Battle of Danlin's Peak,
0: there we were, my unit, up against the orcish tribe of Haggerfell. You've heard of them, right?
5: I. I was there.
0: You! Then you recall why we call it Stunted Danlin's Peak? Why... I was the one who drove the wedge into the point of the peak that knocked it off. We were there back up against the cliff, and we managed to turn them around. You remember that? Yeah. All of the orcs and the goblins were standing on the edge of the cliff, and we knocked that edge of the cliff
5: right off. (laughs) Dwarven engineering for you. That's right. (laughs) That's awesome. Great. Red over the din of the celebration, you pick out the sound of someone saying your name somewhere nearby at a smaller campfire. One of the dwarves that camped on top of the keep with you that, as you were raining arrows down at the approaching horde, mm. they are standing on top of a barrel recounting some tall tale. You're not quite close enough to hear its telling, but as you watch, the dwarf is clearly miming the drawing of an arrow from a quiver and knocking it mm. to a bowstring, pausing to emphasize the size of the longbow. Something that makes all the gathered dwarves just erupt into raucous laughter.
4: Excitedly, I scamper over and like jog up to see what he's talking about.
5: Yeah, the dwarf turns to you, and and here he is. This is him. Red, was it?
4: Oh, yeah. I thought you were telling another cool story about a bow user. Ah, uh, yeah, that's me. Hi. And he just starts, like, shaking hands. Sticky, bloody hands. This
5: dwarf is wearing a pendant necklace of a newly strung giant tooth. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he looks you up and down and he says, I-, I didn't know what to think of you, given your, well, your exotic appearance, especially the ears, but you proved yourself in battle pretty good. Say, my friend told me. That he lost some coin to you at dice earlier. Oh, yeah. Care to let me win it back for him?
4: Oh, uh, sure, why not? Red Sorton of nervously looks around.
5: Yeah, uh, it's good sport, of course.
4: Sure, and I have uh, something worthwhile to, to bet, and I reach in and I pull out the hair of a cloud giant.
5: And then, oh!
4: In like a glass bottle, and I say, What is this? This is the hair from the head Of a cloud giant. How did you
5: vanquish that?
4: Ah, a tale for another time. Because I didn't kill him. But ultimately, I would be willing to wager this if you'd be willing to wager that cool little necklace of yours.
5: He paws at the necklace that he's just made. Something he's probably most proud of. All right, fine. (laughs)
0: Looking around at all the teeth that are in all the other giants' mouths.
5: So, the gold that you took from my friend... And then this, from me, the trophy. What do you say? One sure. round of dice?
0: I, why
4: not? I feel lucky.
5: So it's dark out and the shadows are deep, but you settle down with this dwarf in the firelight and he pulls out his dice and you pull out the set that you won cool. earlier. And essentially what happens, Red, is that after this dwarf shows you that he rolled a three, you almost don't see it, but you can catch a glimpse of just one of his fingers slipping underneath the cup and nudging one of the dice with his finger. Oh. He's flipping one of the dice. He's cheating you.
4: Ah. This wave washes over Red, very similar to how we've seen before. The moment he feels like his back is against a wall, he gets very aggressive. And it also speaks to the hunter mindset of Red, where he can, on a dime, flip between a really jovial, lighthearted thing, and then spend six hours in a tree waiting for a creature to pass his quarry. This aggressive nature washes over Red, and I think he just stands up. And knowingly, in that same tone that he spoke to Kreloth in the pitch black of the night, you know, weeks ago, he says, I think we're done playing. And he turns around And he walks away.
5: Nice. Red, you have earned a feat.
0: Oh.
4: Oh,
5: This is the feat called Observant.
0: Cool.
5: You gain the ability to read lips. You increase your intelligence or wisdom score by one. And you gain a plus five bonus to your passive perception and passive intelligence scores.
4: Nice.
5: As you've proven yourself not only in battle, but perceptive in social situations.
4: Oh, that's amazing. Thank you.
5: You're welcome. So the dwarf sort of stands up. Maybe he doesn't even notice that you noticed he was cheating. So
4: it. then Red walks back to the others, but his demeanor has changed. You just see him. He's like a lot more solemn. And then slowly it it melts away and he's jovial again. Mm-hmm. Mm.
5: The night celebrations continue. The dwarves party hard, getting stupid drunk, mutilating the corpses. And, uh, you know, the, the night grows late.
0: It's like a game for them. You could see them mm. chopping off little bits and like playing golf with the bone bits.
5: Yikes. Yeah, I, th- I think
1: Jack goes and hides in one of the houses and reads a book with Kieran. I don't think he's into the the way dwarves party so much. It's mm-hmm. a little too gruesome <laughs> for him. Yeah, yeah. Krayloth I think
2: is there with him, if you don't mind company. Absolutely, yeah.
1: All right, you know, what? we could we could be practicing our giant though, right? Like we could we could be <sighs> uh all right. <laughs> Gotcha. (laughs) Uh, Let's go inside and study. Study. We we play hard. We study hard.
5: (laughs) During this, Captain Chaos Hammer withdraws from the firelight and gestures for two other dwarves to follow him. Red, they're too far away for you to overhear. But as you watch them, you find that you can read their lips from where you sit across the fire. It's something that you've never really tried to do before. But once you focus on it, you find that it's quite a simple task to understand what they're saying. Awesome. And Captain Chaos Hammer says, "All of your scouting, and you never mentioned orcs. We could have been overrun. Send word to Galmet and ask them to meet us here in two days' time for counsel, and keep your bloody eyes peeled this time." Oh, and Dannier, get those captives out of here. They've served their purpose. Small fires burn low. Around the town of Jalanthar as the cold, wintry night darkens to a pitch black. A million stars shining brilliantly overhead. The wind is freezing and sharp as a knife, and it's fortunate that you have the homes of the villagers to take shelter within. Villagers turned out into that same cold by the drunken dwarves, now slumbering heedlessly within. The next day dawns cold and crystalline, but sunny. Snow has fallen in the night Covering the carnage from yesterday's battle And dampening the sounds of people Starting to stir Doran, you wake up from where you fell uh, On a log Last night And there are two dwarves Beside you Doing jerky little squats and stretches Limbering up for the day One of them wears a long knitted hat Mm -hmm. To ward off the cold And uh, he notices you waking up Morning Morning
0: (coughs) Oh, good morning.
5: Iron Fist, is it?
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know it well.
5: Come here. Last night, your valiant charge against the giant was much slower than it should have been.
0: (coughs) What do you you mean?
5: You've spent too much time with the big folk, like your companions. You forgot how dwarven warriors move their legs. (laughs)
0: Look,
5: this is how ye were running. The dwarf jogs through the snow affectedly, dragging his feet and pumping his arms to show what a spectacle you must have been. Oh, oh. That'll suit when you're chasing babes and wee ones. But look, you've forgotten your training. It's shameful. Here, here, squat down here with me. Squat down. And he does. Right beside this dwarf in a long hat, he points to the chill gray horizon. When you're running, Pretend you're back underground. That tree line the sky, it's distracting you. Mm. Get down here, head low, shoulders back now. Let your nose guide you to the enemy. They're foul enough for that. And he's like adjusting your posture, Doran, physically with his hands. Rolling your shoulders back, moving your head down. Shaking his head at the offending sky.
0: These are angles I haven't felt for a fortnight. Uh, uh.
5: You'll remember soon enough. Now, it's just the matter of your breathing. You're winded. I saw ye breathe in heavy as an asthmatic dragon. Practice remembering—you're not just an axe on wheels, Iron Fist. Your body's a forge, and a fire, as you know, isn't stoked without plenty of air. Lungs are bellows—they give ye power and. So he gives you like a five-minute lecture about how you're doing a bad job of running. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is why you're terrible.
5: And then the dwarf in the knitted cap has you running suicides in the snow alongside this other knight that he was doing stretches with. Yeah. The burning in your thighs just awakens the memory of exactly what they were trying to teach you, that dwarves move differently. Yeah. You don't have to be slow just because you're small, Doran Fist.
0: I picture Doran now in the position of a sprinter, you know, crouched, ready to pounce and takes off, powering through the snow and
5: like a mine cart going downhill. <laughs> That's
0: right. Like I'm the like gravity cart. to how he moves. Yeah.
5: You gain the mobile feet. Oh, wow. Thank you. Your overall land speed increases by 10 feet.
0: Wow.
5: You're now the fastest one in the party. How many feet? 10 feet? Yeah. And it gets better. When you take the dash (laughs) action, so when you move instead of acting again on your turn, difficult terrain doesn't cost you extra movement. Additionally, when you make a melee attack against a creature, you don't provoke opportunity attacks from that creature for the rest of your turn, whether you hit it or not. Oh, wow. fuck. So you just get, you get learned <laughs> in how to be agile. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Doran, you, you spend a bunch of time with these dwarves just running around, getting hot and winded in the snow, sweating in your armor, sweating through the Beer haze from last night, churning up the snow, and
0: yeah, I kind of picture this. Uh, oh, what's that thing called when there's music playing in the background? And it's just the montage? montage. Thank you. <laughs> I kind of picture this montage of not yeah, just yeah, yeah. not just running, but of also doing like flailing cartwheels and like, but all in a dwarven sense. You know, you have got
5: your axe in your hand darling, the whole time. You yeah, do it. There's no exercise for dwarves without a exercise. tool in your hand. Like forge, okay. like exercise?
0: Huh? <laughs> Doran, it's I
4: your time. Was... Doran, you can move and oh. run and swing. <laughs> <laughs> it's this picture of a cartwheel,
1: but the axe is in hand too, so it's this big deadly yes. flying yeah. axe yeah. cartwheel. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, oh, all, so it's
0: all like stretches and movements specific to dwarves. Mm-hmm. Not like you would see a human do it That's the whole point. Exactly.
4: Exactly. And that's the best part of this too, because like you were a soldier. You're just a soldier out of training. Yeah. Like you're you're older now and you've gotten out of it. And now that you're around dwarves again, they're reminding you of how you were trained. That's so
0: cool. That's brilliant. I love the way you just incorporated that.
5: Thank you. Krayloth, you're awoken from your slumber by (laughs) this significant commotion outside of dwarves teaching each other how to run really fast
4: and the music's just quiet
2: Dorian, <laughs> yes. and then i open the
4: window Dorian, and it gets louder it's your time.
2: It's yeah
1: diegetic and then
2: i close the window ooh, ooh, loud. Uh, and kraloth uh stretches and uh he uh reaches down and pats jackson who's kind of curling up around his feet Aww. and uh Oh, I must have been pretty tired, Jackson. Oh, I haven't slept like that in a while. Hmm. Meow. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Jackson. It is time for some breakfast. You gonna help me? Meow. Oh. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Cannon. <laughs> All right.
2: He's got a low,
4: like, vocal fry. Jackson I love it. meows like this. Meow.
5: You head right. outside back to the cooking area that you had established last night, where mm. you see an older dwarf squatting in the snow by the cold fire pit. He's breaking handfuls of sticks into kindling. His hands are wrinkled and chapped, but he works deftly.
2: Uh, I was going to make some breakfast, but uh, looks like you're already getting started on that.
5: <laughs> you did well. Last night, cleric. Yes, with the dinner and with the battle. Your god smiles on ye.
2: Oh, well, Kelimvor has looked out for me for uh, all of my life.
1: A balanced meal is important to Kelimvor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Jack's just sitting on a stump, just like reading a book.
5: He gestures to the scales on your breastplate. I, I don't recognize the scales, is that Kelimvor?
2: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Kelimvor is my god. He's uh, the god of balance, of life and death and good and bad. And uh, he, he makes sure that the natural order is maintained. Um, I have no doubt he was watching over us last night.
5: He stands up, stretches out a crick in his back before going back to hunching over with, with the, the kindling. Where did you come from? Some abbey or temple?
2: Oh, uh, well... That's a that's a good question. Uh, I come from a place called Barovia. Uh, it's a little ways away. Not exactly sure how to get back there, but um, yeah, I came from a order of Templars. Knights who were sent out in Barovia, but that's just plagued with the undead, to look out for the townsfolk and slay undead as we find them. I guess growing up in a fort, I guess you'd call it.
5: You're older than you look, then. Oh.
2: Uh, What makes you say that?
5: Just a feeling I get about you. Hmm. An old soul, maybe. Um, You look healthy, strong, but something in me says that your mind is... You've seen a lot. Anyway, I had some of your dinner last night. It did me good. Is that one of your skills then, cleric? Cooking?
2: Oh, and Kraloth kind of adopts a bashful look and (laughs) says, oh, well, uh, I... I wouldn't say it's it's so much of a skill as it is something that I just picked up. And uh, I, I realized a long time ago that uh, one way that uh, I can always help, whether or not it's in battle, is making sure the people are nourished.
5: Whatever it is you go about doing, whatever task you set out to do, you can give it up to your god, to for. Take it from a craggly old dwarf. Morden smiles. On my long years and lends me strength on the days where I need some extra. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm saying is that your cooking nourished me more than I can tell you, fed my soul in a way. I'm a lifelong bachelor, never took no mate, fed myself right the whole time. But cooking for one is no holy act. Cooking for your tribe, your family. That there is something worthy of Morden's attention, and I appreciate your doing so for me last night.
2: Oh well, uh, it was the least that I could do. Uh,
5: I've I've got a couple of recipes. Mm. It's not much, but it comes from the heart, soul food, ah. you might call it. It'll warm you straight down to your feet, and for you, that's a long way down.
2: This mm. is uh, dwarven culinary techniques. You're about to something.
5: Yeah, something like that. Uh, uh, Just uh, 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 a minute now.
2: uh, 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 Yeah, one second. second. Jack! Uh, Jack, can you get my notebook, please? Yeah, I left it with you last night.
5: The dwarf strikes some flint and creates flame, feeding it slowly as he starts explaining to Kraloth the finer points of cooking. Not just dwarven recipes and techniques, but something that he knows about personally. Being a religious dwarf, how to imbue your food with holiness and love. Crayloth, you learn the chef feat. Oh.
2: Right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's about time. So you well can choose
5: constitution or wisdom and increase that score by one. You gain proficiency with cook's utensils. Yes. And as part of a short rest, you can cook special food. So you can add hit points to anyone who's rolling hit dice on a short rest. Additionally, on a long rest, you can cook special treats, which you can give to your friends, and they can eat them. It's like a like a version of a healing potion, basically. Of course. But of course. created by you, like special yummy cookies. And, oh, uh, scones. After... oh, scones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> he tells you about these <laughs> like dwarven scones that make Unburnt you— scones you know give you oh, extra yes. oh, unburned vitality.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh don't eat put flame right. So you're on saying them. that when it's all black it's not
5: the best oh, way no. to eat it? You don't want that usually. It's The
4: best of- part of this is that we have his cooking and we just assume that's how it is. We're like, "Man, this burnt scone is delicious." And then he yeah. like finally makes one that's not burnt. We're like, "Oh my god! <laughs>
5: that's <laughs> what supposed to taste hot. like." Yeah. It's had- amazing.
2: Yeah, exactly.
5: And uh, after this conversation and this little cooking lesson, Krayloth, the old dwarf reaches into his side pouch and he pulls out a uh, paring knife. Hmm. It's dwarven in make, obviously, so it's very well-crafted and and well-worn. Simple. Uh, It's a well-honed stone blade. And it's in its own little leather sheath and he presents it to you.
2: Um, what is this?
5: It's nothing more than a tool, but uh, maybe you'll you'll have some use for it.
2: Kraloth handles it with a sort of reverence, uh, as you may have seen him handle his holy symbol. He's just in awe of this and speechless, and uh, he actually forgets to ask this old man's name. Um... And I imagine he like looks up and the, the guy's gone. He's he's left.
0: Yeah. And you're looking around trying to decipher which one it was and they're all they all look the same. They all, look the all the covered same in me. blood and they look- <laughs> <laughs> And then you go and ask a dwarf, Who is that cooking dwarf? and they're like He died long
4: ago. (laughs) There hasn't been a cooking dwarf here 300 years. years. And then you're like, oh. And then they turn like, oh, wait, never mind. There he is. So So 100 years isn't that long
1: for a
2: dwarf.
4: He just wanders around. The cooking
5: dwarf.
2: Sweet. Thanks, Joe.
5: Jack, you're moving through the encampment firesides Mm -hmm. after having brought Crayloff his note taking <laughs> utensils for his recipes and maybe you're clutching a cup of tea with Kieran padding along beside you in the snow.
1: Yeah, I think I watched the watch the cooking happen along just enough to like make the cup of tea and then be like, All right, I'll this will, I'll leave you to this. Thanks, Drake.
5: And uh, yeah, sort of bouncing around, maybe not quite sure where to settle, feeling maybe a bit uncomfortable about the events from last night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Walk by the montage, the music comes back. Doran! I don't remember what the song was. It's very progressive.
5: Your eye falls on a plump dwarf with surprisingly shiny, curly hair. He's by himself, meticulously clearing a circular patch of ground, smoothing footprints from the surface of the snow, removing any debris. And he catches you watching him from the corner of his eye and nods to you. Bit of dwarven engineering. It's not complicated, just an illustration, really. Hey, I'm
1: Jack. I don't know if I caught your name.
5: My name's Mergrel.
1: Dwarven engineering, what do you mean?
5: Oh, well, the true mechanics is up here, he taps his temple with a smile.
1: That I believe.
5: I'll sh- show you if you like. Yeah. He continues working, carefully drawing runes into the flat surface of the snow with a burned twig. When the dwarves tunneled through the crust of the earth skyward, Legend goes we first breached the surface at night when all was dark. It would have seemed to the ancestors that we'd found another cavern with stranger flora than we'd ever seen. Sunrise must have given them quite the awakening.
2: Mm mm-hmm.
5: We've always been the most intelligent of the races. I've never seen a dwarf stumped by anything he could measure. This, this wizard, is a mechanism devised all those long years ago. He continues building this mechanism and it's very simple to your eye but as he affixes a carved hand into the center of this clearing and starts explaining to you the way that the shadow falls on the snow you come to realize that this is a timekeeping device Hmm. He's created for you something that we humans outside of D&D would know as a sundial, but this obviously is dwarven in in shape. Mm -hmm. And he shows you about how this contraption marks the passing of time and how by using your knowledge of the cardinal directions and the way that the sun moves or the different seasons, you're able to determine relative to spatially where you are in the universe, essentially what time it is based on your location and the way that the planets are moving around you. You guys have this heady conversation about Mm -hmm. astronomy and you gain... Where the fuck is my book? Mm, Jack, you gain.
2: Where the fuck is my book feat? Mm. I mean, honestly, it seems appropriate.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Jack, you learn the keen mind feat. Cool. All
4: right. Sounds like him.
5: You are already an intelligent creature, however, you increase your intelligence score by one at this conversation, broadening your horizons and leading you to consider concepts you had never previously truly understood. You always know which way is north, so you've improved your orienteering. You always know how many... Hours there are before sunrise or sunset, and most importantly, you can accurately recall anything that you've seen or heard within the last month.
4: Nice, wow, very Jack. Yeah, it improves your recall. What's the difference?
1: (laughs) Where's Jen?
5: (laughs) (laughs) The conversation that you have with this dwarf just broadens your horizons that much more.
1: Well, Murgle, thank you very much. This is is really fascinating. It it um reminds me a lot of some things we, we have in at the Temple of, of Lithander in, in Waterdeep, a lot of the, the sort of movement of the sun. But I hadn't quite thought about it in this way. That's
5: yeah, it should help you sort of wrap your mind around it.
1: hmm Very
4: helpful. Thank you. Wow, cool.
5: So Red, you're the only one who we haven't seen yet this morning. What have you been getting yourself up to?
4: I think Red, unlike everyone else has felt the most distrustful of these dwarves, especially based on the fact that he's found those supplies the other day. And I think Red is a little worried that we're losing sight of of how much damage these dwarves have done. Mm.
0: And so I think he climbs
4: down from one of the roofs and, uh, and sees Doran and sort of catches his eye and, and maybe even gives him a wave.
0: Maybe before you even jump down, you see, like, Doran sees you and you kind of... From afar, and then you see Doran kind of like change direction and bolt towards you in a in a speed you hadn't seen before from this hefty little person, yeah, you know cool and he and he arrives at the bottom of the of the building where you're sitting on the roof for sure. hey red,
4: good morning, good morning to you and and red climbs down <sighs>
0: you're looking pretty fast, bud, yeah, well. <sighs> I've been, you know what, I I've forgotten all about my dwarven training, and, and I was just reminded by by some of these uh, some of these soldiers here, and you know what, I'm I'm feeling revitalized. I'm feeling I'm feeling fresh and new.
4: Well, speaking about reminding, and and you know maybe. Refocusing. Remember, we came here because we came across that farmstead and, and the refugees in Everland. Well, yeah, you haven't okay. lost sight of that, have you?
0: No, no. We we should go and speak with Captain Chaos Hammerer. Uh,
4: I think it would be really beneficial for us to get together and just bump our heads around a little bit. I, I worry that we lost a bit of sight of, of how detrimental what they're doing is. Yeah. 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 I spotted a burned out house over there on the horizon just at the edge of town. I'll get you the others and let's meet there and, and have a private conversation.
0: Well, why don't uh and Doran's looking around, why don't you get uh Jack and I'll I'll go get uh Krayloth. and like a kid on Christmas, Doran like runs off, you know, like <laughs> watch me Red, watch me, watch, watch, watch what I do. So cute. <laughs> He's kicking oh, up right, snow right. like a snowblower. It's like <laughs>
4: adorable. <laughs> and I
0: walk over to Jack. <gasps> hey Jack.
4: Well that's cool. What's that?
1: Uh it's a it's a little bit of dwarven orienteering. I, I can show you how
4: it works. It it'll Perfect. I'll get the keen mind feet too. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just it's not
5: as easy as that. I'm
4: teasing. It'd be so funny. We're so alike sometimes, Red. And Red bends down next to you and sort of looks at it. Because
1: of the angle between the shadow and this line, you can figure out which way north is, and then once you know which way north is, you can figure out how much time there is between between now and sunset.
4: And that stick in the middle, it, it kind of looks like a tree, and Red picks it up, and he's like, ooh! Hi,
5: Blifilis <laughs>
4: Nailed it Anyway, let's go I want to talk to the others about <laughs> Perfect and
5: This is why you're different than each other <laughs> yeah, Exactly
4: <laughs> Anyway, we're going to go talk about Captain Chaos Hammer and what to do uh, Let's go And Jack
0: and Red sort of begin to head towards the building And Doran speeds up to Crayloth, and he arrives right beside you ah, ah, Good morning, Crayloth. Oh,
2: oh, Doran, Doran. Oh, oh, one second, one second. And Kraloth oh, oh. puts on these, these <gasps> pink mitts, and he pulls out these freshly baked scones That's nice. that are sitting on, like, a giant's axe head, and he pulls it out. Your scones. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah no no try this try this I, I just cool. I just learned how to make these this is a different recipe so so blow on it a couple times first and uh then then try it and then he puts his hands up and watches Doran yeah,
0: it looks a, it looks a little underdone they're not even black Are these
5: done bad bake, Krayla
2: no no Doran it's uh if if I did everything right then uh, you should be in for a treat
0: just oh, watching flavor. it flavor oh wow I I'm I, I'm lost for words. This is this is the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. <laughs> oh. We did it. Oh, my God. And uh,
2: Kralov grabs Jackson, throws him up in the air, and Jackson hovers a little bit with his <laughs> wings before you know settling back down into his arms. And, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I got to oh share this gosh. with the rest of them. Where is everybody?
0: Well, that's why I come to get you. We're going to go speak with Chaos Hammer. You have to bring these. And Doran's like now scrambling. He's stuffing them into his pockets. Oh, he's He's like sneaking one or two.
2: Yeah, and Crayloth uh, holds oh up gosh. his apron and and with Doran's help, like has them all like dumped into the apron, and they go walk towards Jack and Red, handing out scones as they go. Uh, one more thing, um, those that scone that you just ate gives you plus three temporary hit points. Nice. What? Wow! Yeah. There you go. For, for eight hours, we're a little slow. We're a little slow catching up to uh, Jack and Red because every time I hand out a scone, I stop to watch <laughs> their reactions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Oh! I mean,
2: you cute. got to, right?
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah. That, that's half of it. Seeing the joy on their faces. Yeah, we're like
4: all that. trying on our new feats. Like, Red standing outside <laughs> this house, and he's, like, reading your lips as you guys are talking, walking up, and he turns to Jack, and he's like... Ah, yeah, they're talking about a bone. Whatever that means. <laughs> Jen, and you're like Look, I got scones and I'm like Scone I said scone. The scone
0: is one funny. hour and
4: five minutes
1: since sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> one hour and
4: six minutes
1: since sunrise. Yes, yes. That's so
0: fucking funny. Aww. That's so funny. <laughs> Duren's cool. running them around. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the road runner. Road.
5: So cute. So the four of you make it to this burned out hovel and you seem to have a little bit of space to yourselves. There are no dwarves immediately nearby. So
0: where is all our our heads at,
4: you know? Remember, we were following the trail of broken families and refugees. Mm -hmm. We didn't come here to help the dwarves, but to stop them. Now, I'll be the first to admit, that what we saw last night, and the benefit that these dwarves are not doing in terms of being the only people actually willing to fight the giants, is good. But, I don't think we should lose sight of the bigger picture here. Mm. They are doing it in a way that
0: is causing damage and distress to the people around. And let's not forget, we're not simply... Giant hunters and killers. We're on a bigger mission here, right? Yeah.
4: Yes, yes. We have an ordning to reorder. Yeah. Well, fucking godsend. I agree, though,
2: that uh, what they're doing here, Red, a, as good-intentioned as they are, it's not sustainable. They have each other for fighting, but where are they going to get food? Where are they going to get supplies? They need more than just themselves in order to sustain.
4: And on that note, I I, I told Kraloff the other night before the attack, but they have supplies from Evelyn. They've taken them. I, I can't imagine they've negotiated for them fairly since they've occupied this town, which means they're taking food out of the mouths of the people that were trying to help. And mm. Jack, I know you hate Evelyn, but I'm sure you don't want to starve the people that are there.
1: No, it's sense. It's senseless. Everything that Chaos Hammer and the Knights of the Mithril Shield are doing is Pyrrhic at best. They're Pyrrhic. They're Pyrrhic. <laughs> Jack, what does Pyrrhic mean? Mm, yeah. uh, a Pyrrhic victory is one where everybody loses. Got it. Going in the notebook. Taking people however much they volunteer and using them as bait feels pretty not okay. Well, I
0: think we've got to go in, and we need to be on the same level. Mm. What do we want here? In my mind, I'm thinking that they do perform a very good service, and that's keeping this land safe from the roaming giants, what? but-
1: They're not actually doing that. They're not keeping people safe. They're creating unsafe situations, taking away resources, and then also killing giants. Right.
4: Mm. I mean, look at this. Someone lived here,
0: Doran, and I like just gesture to the burned out house we're in. My point is that can we convince them to do the right thing and find a middle ground with them, find a compromise? Mm. The question is, what do we want them to do?
1: We need to start connecting people. We need to start connecting the the folks in Everland with the folks in Waterdeep with these folks. We can start coordinating to figure out where the hell the giants are. The fact that mm-hmm. we can send these maps as reports back to Waterdeep, that's great. It'd be nice if it was more than just the four of us trying to put details on them. Mm-hmm. They could be doing it in a productive way.
2: And he said it himself last night that he didn't think that he'd be able to do it without us there, or the fight would have looked very different. I think that you're on the right track, Jack. Bringing people together is the answer
4: here. Right, but if we are connecting these people, maybe we shouldn't be connecting them so much with Chaos Hammer. Perhaps we should go to the king. Chaos Hammer said that he wanted to take matters into his own hands because the king wasn't doing anything. If the king can be convinced to use these people in a way that's actually meaningful, then maybe we should connect them.
1: It's, it's not mutually exclusive. We should be connecting the king. This is a crisis for all of the sword coasts to move on. And the more people we have who understand that, the better. Chaos Hammer's early. He's, he's coming out of the gate hot. He wants to do something now. We need to give him something to do while we get time for the slower folks to catch up.
4: Well, what I mean to say is that I think it might be a bad idea to go about directly dealing with them over the king. I don't know Dwarven culture at all. Doran, this is a rebel group, essentially. If we were to contact them and give them orders or or try to manipulate them without counsel from the king, could he see that as a slight?
0: I think we need to deal with what we can deal with right now. And to hike all the way over to Citadel Adbar is is not in our best interest at this point in time. Mm. Jack wants to make connections with these people.
4: So do I. So we go to Chaos Hammer and we say, look, we want to put you in touch with uh, who, Who, Jack?
1: Captain Sidiri Hanlar in, in Waterdeep. She's the one who's been coordinating a lot of the efforts further west. From there, we could, we could start looping in some of the... the... The Harpers. But put him in charge or something. From there, we could start looping in Valharo, trying to get... I mean, I think we need Hanlar and Valharo to start talking. Exactly. Support him. Maybe we can just say, what kind of resources do you need? What would help let Chaos Hammer take the lead, but feel like he's got someone backing him up who's listening? I mean,
0: basically, just do continue to do what you're doing, but just without without the negative impacts of the, of the local towns.
4: And you think Sideri Hanlar will send reinforcements and, and food and stuff up here to a band of dwarven rebels to, to help them.
1: Listen, worst case, we could leave 500 gold with them to say, go buy some resources. They You took 200 gold off them last night. If they, if we need to really, like, fund their activities, all I'm, that's something the Nightstone Four should be doing. All I am saying... Is funding defending the North.
4: What I am saying is uniting the king and his splintered faction before giving aid to a side of this North... Why not try to connect the Water Davian side of things with the Evelyn side of things with the dwarven kingdom of Adbar rather than the splintered factions? I just, I. So don't now, know. what do we do today?
1: Because we have to talk to this guy today. And if we walk away from here, he's going to keep doing his thing. So he needs to change what he's doing today. Tomorrow, what are we going to do to
4: talk to the. Maybe we should try to convince him to reunite with the king. Well, well if we say, you're doing everything great. Let's connect you with Waterdeep. Versus, you're doing everything wrong. You should go back to the king and start fresh. Those are two very different. But I, I don't
1: think that's points. either of the conversations. I think the conversation is your heart's in the right place. You need help to do it
4: better. How can we help you? I guess I, I just. I guess I'm not on the same pages as you, Jack.
2: Um. More, most importantly, did everybody finish their scones? It was delicious. Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think that it's. Uh, a tricky situation. Um, and I think that right now, we do have to focus on the present moment. Eventually, going and speaking with the King is something that we're going to have to do. Because like Jack is saying, we need more people in the loop about what is happening. And for a long time, Everland wasn't he doing anything about the Giants. And these people are. And that's important to, to keep note of. But... It is in Chaos Hammer's best interests to have more support than just him and his dwarven band. If the townsfolk were to come back and we were to legitimize their cause, give them space so that both the townsfolk and the dwarves can live amicably side by side, have a base of operations that these dwarves can come back to, create an economy where they are allowed to grow and defend the North like Jack says, I think that's going to serve in both parties' best interests.
0: The other thing, Red, is that you assume that the king at Citadel Adbar is going to be more reasonable than Chaos Hammer is at this moment in time. If we can somehow support Chaos Hammer and then have a conversation with the king, it essentially does everything that we're saying, but we can do that now, today. I'm not trying to imply that speaking
4: with the king would be easier. I don't know. All I am saying is that I am hesitant to throw our support and whether it be financial or connections behind a force that has done bad in this land, Jack and, and Doran. And I recognize why you see the good that they've done. But to make a stand that the Nightstone Four have supported or backed the actions that these dwarves have taken could lead to trouble down the road. That's all I'm saying. You must realize that the minute we say, you know, let us connect you, what we're really saying is we support your actions. Mm.
1: Your point lands, Red. Uh, that, that connected for me. Thank you. Today we need to get Chaos Hammer to stop terrorizing the people and burning the countryside.
4: Agreed. My only point is that we need to be mindful of how we do that, because if the optics from Everlind are the Nightstone Four walked into Jalanthar and left supporting them or giving them money, or, it means a lot of dangerous things. Who knows how we would be received in Everland afterwards? Who knows how the Dwarven problem would be perceived in the North? And, and people have seen the Northern problem, as your mage friend in Everland said.
1: 100%.
4: The vibe I get is that they, they see that the ends have justified the means. And this is why I have circled back around to my original point, which was, something is fractured here. And beyond all the other things that are fractured, it is the split between the Dwarven Kingdom and its peoples. They feel abandoned. That's why Chaos Hammer has done this. Is there a way that this conversation can reunite a fire within him to be a part of his kingdom again and, and be a part of... The greater good of Dwarvenkind may be expressing to him how Everland has viewed the actions of the Dwarven people, as your mage friend has alluded to. He is causing a war, not just against the giants, but against the peoples of Everland. That is the the thread in which I want to pull. Uniting the fractured portion. The Dwarven Citadel of Adbar. That is where I think our, our point lies.
2: So we find out Chaos Hammer's side of the story. Yes. We figure out what he's brought to the table and start with that. And then as a very important side agenda, say, please put any giant hunting on
1: pause. The bigger picture goal of being very thoughtful about how we support the terrorists in coming to like take some responsibility for their actions. Absolutely. My like short term goal is if they need a thing to do. That's got to be figuring out where giants are and telling us where they are.
5: The four of you leave this burned-out hut and move into the center of the city looking for Captain Chaos Hammer. Your minds set as one towards diplomacy and solving the giant problem.
0: (laughs) ¶¶ Talk, talk!
4: Where's all the giant killing? Bah! Thanks once again to our Patreon supporters Christopher Ryan Evans, Mitchell Cadwell, Colin Burkhart, Daniel Doug, Katie Orit, and Merlin. Thank you!